1: Monday, December 23rd, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Those of you expecting to hear the dulcet tones of Dave Biddle, let me remind you, he is a wraparound day. Got a good two-day weekend here. He's taking Friday and Monday off, turning that into four, and he's done it again, so I'm back. Thankfully, the guest remains the same. That is Bill Bank Green. Bill, how are you this fine Monday?
2: Doing good, Dan. Good to be with you.
1: Lots going on. The Buckeyes are out in Arizona getting ready for the game. We are going to talk about current events though, as at the end of every season there is staff upheaval. We already know Jeff Hafley is leaving for Boston College to become the head coach. We will get to that in a sec and talk replacement, but the new word on the street Mike Yersich is the top target for Texas and Tom Herman to be offensive coordinator. He's hired everybody else that's ever been here. Should we expect this to happen? Do you think it will be a good spot for Yersich? We know the Texas side because Chip Brown split a real interesting story from Horns 247. Give us the Ohio State side.
2: Yeah, I think Mike Yersich is held in pretty high regard at Ohio State. I can also see why Texas would have him as a leading candidate. He was very successful in the Big 12 got a great reputation as a quarterback developer he also has a great reputation as a play caller which you know we didn't get to see at Ohio State this year I think it it makes a ton of sense that Texas would target him and want him um is he going to leave you know and I think he's going to look at money which you know the more people say money doesn't factor into it money factors into everything Money will factor into LeBron James' decisions, and he's got more than King Solomon had. So it's always about money. So we got to see what the, what the pay will be there. And then it's about career development. And Yuricic, you know, I, I think they talked about maybe letting him call plays next year at Ohio State. So if Ryan Day wants to keep him, the things that I think Ohio State would do would be, number one, he up his pay which I think that's coming anyway to all of these assistants. I think there's going to be massive pay increases coming at the end of the season. So I think Ohio State can satisfy the money part of things. And then it's going to be, you know, is they truly going to relinquish play-calling duties, and does he give it to Mike Yersich instead of Kevin Wilson? And that's probably what it's going to take to keep him. Um, if Yursich does not get the guarantee that he can call plays, and Tom Herman does give him that guarantee, then that's a step up for him. And I think he'll take it. I mean, these guys are all about, you know, career development and money. And the more you can develop your brand and develop your career, the more money you make. So it's it's not so much disloyalty to Ryan Day or, you know, disloyalty to Ohio State. It's about climbing the ladder. N- no different than what Ryan Day has done in his career as he has climbed the ladder to get to where he is today. So, Like I said, I could see it from the Texas side. It makes a a ton of sense. And then from the Ohio State side, we're probably going to see just how valuable Mike Yersich is to Ryan Day. And, you know, do they match and exceed what Texas is going to do on the cash part of things? And do they match what Texas can provide for Yersich on the career development side? So I think if Ohio State wants to keep him, I think they probably can. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, it's a terrible time to have all this stuff come up. Um, the half the thing wasn't so bad, I didn't think. But now five days before the biggest game, I, I don't think Ohio State needs this. Uh, and I think Ohio State should try to put it to bed.
1: How do you think Texas is viewed nationally? Do you think there's a chance Yersuch could be concerned about hopping on a sinking ship?
2: No, not at all. I think how he would possibly might look at this is, you know, these guys want to be head coaches. You know, is there a chance that Mike Yursich takes the OC job at Texas next year and Texas starts off three and three, scoring 50 points a game? If that happens, they're going to fire Tom Herman midseason, okay? He's going to be gone. And then probably going to give that interim job to Mike Yursich. And then all he's got to do is run the table, keep scoring points, run the table, and he might be six weeks away from a, a five-year deal for $30 million. We've seen it happen before. Okay, so I, I can see his kind of point of view. The you, you got to look at, you know, risk-reward. The reward could be he could be the Texas head coach real soon. You know, the risk is that you're joining a sinking ship. Everybody gets fired. Everybody gets run. And Mike Yurcich is on the street next year. And, you know, if that happens – he's probably going to end up as an OC or quarterback coach at a great university. You know, I mean, Chris Ash looked at this, the risk reward when he left Ohio state, he was a defensive coordinator for one of the top programs, you know, in America, he left. And in a lot of people's eyes, he failed, but not inside the profession as he looked at that he failed. He's right back where he was before. He's now the D coordinator at an elite university like he was before. So in the, in the four years in between those jobs, he made $20 million. He walked out of Rutgers with a check for $7 million. And, you know, it's always easy to say it's not about the money, but it's always about the money. Chris Ash is right back where he was. His reputation is still intact as a great D coordinator. And he and his children are set for life. So anyone thinking Chris Ash failed? I mean, I don't get that logic at all. All head coaches get fired unless you're Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, and Urban Meyer. Everybody else gets fired and starts over. So Chris secured his future, and he's back where he was. He's, got, he's young enough to rebuild his career and be a head coach again someday. So I, I'm just trying to point, present a point of view from the coach's side of things. I talk to these guys all the time and their side of things can sometimes be different than what we think as fans.
1: I would venture to say that Chris Ash's children's children are financially independent already. Um, So good for him. I would
2: think so. I would think so.
1: Speaking of which, who replaces Jeff Hathley, and how do you think that process will be handled?
2: I think Ohio State would love to get Kerry Combs back, Um And and that could be happening. You know, it's, it's a lot different with the college stuff when, you know, you can go after a college guy and hire him. The NFL, man, they're really strict on the tampering there. And Kerry Combs is not leaving Tennessee until their season is done. And, you know, I think Kerry Combs would be high on the Ohio State wish list. And the longer this goes, where you don't see another college person hired, to replace him then I think Kerry Combs makes a lot of sense and assuming that there were some deal behind the scenes deal between Kerry's agent Ohio State that hey we want it just give us some time here you know and then he'll be there you know assuming that was in place and I don't know that's true this thing would be playing out exactly the way it's playing now with names being floated no interviews being done no leaks at all you know, and maybe it's a done deal behind the scenes. So th- this thing is playing out almost like it, it, it's already done. Now, whether that's Kerry Combs or someone else, you know, we don't know. This time last year, I never heard of Jeff Athley. I mean, that name was kind of rang a bell from his days. I think it was at Pitt, but I didn't know anything about him. So there also could be a guy that gets hired once the – uh you know, the college playoffs are over. The NFL season's over. could be another guy coming in that makes us say, you know, who the heck's that guy? So we'll see. I think Kerry Combs, to me, makes so much sense.
1: I think we'd all be in support of that. Probably have to add another coffee pot to the whack. Brendan White, he went from the panacea at safety to Rose Bowl star to Piscataway. How did he go from, you know, the future to being Greg Chiano's recruit from Columbus?
2: Yeah, that's a – boy, you know, we could probably do a whole show or a whole week of shows on that. Um, you know, it was one year ago that Brendan walked off the field, you know, at the Rose Bowl. He had to be feeling pretty good about his future at Ohio State, his future as a possible NFL player. You know, he was one of their best defenders last year. Now, you know, that's like winning the ugliest girl contest, I guess, because that defense was yeah. awful. But he was darn good. But, you know, Ryan Day got rid of that whole staff. He was not pleased with the overall defense. So then you bring in Greg Madison, you bring in Jeff Halfley, and those guys brainstorm this single high safety look with three corners on the field. And then it's like, wow, Brendan's not beat. he's not beating out Jordan Fuller. And he's certainly not beating out Okuda or Arnett or Wade, where he has to be in coverage all the time. So then you think, well, you got to go beat out Pete Werner. And Pete Werner was darn good this year. And it just kind of – it doesn't mean Brendan's a bad player by any means. And it certainly doesn't mean that Madison and Halfley made a mistake not playing him because their defense is one of the best in the country. It's just an unfortunate situation. He was the odd guy out. You know, if this defense was still giving up 30 a game and giving up plays over 50 yards every week, we probably would be screaming, where's Brendan White? But when you put one of the best defenses in the country on the field, there's no reason to complain about anything. And Brendan just kind of got caught up in scheme, and he kind of got caught up in numbers. So I think it makes sense for him to kind of rebuild his career, to go back to the guy that he had the most success with, and that's Greg Schiano. So from Sciano's point of view, he gets one of his dudes. He gets a guy that can come in there and, and set the tone defensively in the locker room, in the weight room, on the practice field. You know, I don't think Greg Sciano thinks Brendan White's going to put him in the playoffs next year. But what Brendan White will do is help set the tone for how things are going to go at Rutgers in the Schiano era. So, you know, it makes sense for Greg and it, and it makes sense for Brendan. And, you know, you can only hope that this kid, you know, gets back on the field, plays like Brandon White can play, and we see him in the NFL someday.
1: Very realistic possibility for him. I assume Shiano is going to try and repay him for this by doing everything he can to get him to the next level. So you're going to take a quick commercial break and be back with the bank. All right, Bill, finding the general impressions of you know, how the day went and ended?
2: Yeah, I thought the,
1: uh, the 2020
2: class, as it's constructed right now, is pretty darn special. Um, I would think Ryan Day has to be really, really pleased with what they were able to do. Um, offensively, it's a collection of talent that you know, anybody in the country would love to have, this offensive talent. Okay, I mean, it's a great, great collection. Defensively, I don't dislike what they got. I think it lacks some star power and some difference makers. But you got a lot of guys that I think can contribute and play winning football at Ohio State. And I think um, with four new defensive coaches and a new head coach, I mean, for them to pull the guys they did pull on defense – you know, Lathan Ransom and Cody Simon and Court Williams, those those are really big time players. So, um, those guys might be difference makers. So they didn't get 10 or 12 of them. They might have got two or three. And then they got a lot of guys that I think can contribute. Jacoby Cowan and Darian Henry and Legend Cavazos, those guys are con- going to be contributors here. So no panic, nothing to worry about. I think that the, The defensive emphasis will come this year, and you mentioned 2021, and I think cornerback has got to really, you know, be a a high priority. You know, you look at uh, Ja'Kalen Johnson and Tony Grimes and guys like that, and they got to go get those guys. They need three corners in this class and two safeties. So I would think, you know, last year at this time we were really saying they got to emphasize O-line, and they did that. This year, I think the DB has to take – it has to be front and center, even more than the running back situation. I would say DB would place – I would place more of an emphasis there.
1: We're five days out from the big game. Clemson is – though they're a two-point favorite, I would venture to say they're a prohibitive favorite nationally. What's your vibe five days out? Do you feel better or worse than you did when we got the draw?
2: Um, I have felt all along that Ohio State is the better team, I don't think by much. I mean, I think by an inch. In my power ratings, if I were to set a line on this game, instead of having Ohio State as a, a two-point underdog, I would probably have them as a one-and-a-half or two-point favorite. So you're talking – it's just it's semantics there. Okay, you're splitting hairs. I think they're even teams, um, and I think it'll come down to what football always comes down to. It's line play. It's turnovers. It's big plays. You know, if I had to point out one thing, you know, five days out, Chase Young has to get back to wreaking havoc. And people can say, oh, he's, you know, everybody took him out of games. Well, every team this year that Ohio State played defense or that game plan for Chase Young the same way, okay? It's, it's no different than how people game plan for Lawrence Taylor or Reggie White. I mean, obviously, you, you do what you have to do, but those guys cannot be stopped. Okay, so everybody looks at Bruce Smith. Every game Bruce Smith played for the Bills, they looked at him. He still ended up with over 100 sacks. How did that happen? If he's double, triple, quadruple, you know, the great ones find a way. And that's just my answer here. My first impression is that Chase Young has to be the guy that everybody said was going to win a Heisman, and that involves – Probably Ohio State moving him around that defense a little bit. So Clemson can't identify where he is in their pre-snap read. You know, you can move Chase from the left side to the right side as Trevor Lawrence is going through his cadence. So that would be my first early look is they've got to get Trevor Lawrence off his spot. They've got to get him to throw the ball earlier than he wants. And to do that, Chase Young has to get back to be Chase Young. Okay, forget all the – everybody gets doubled, okay? The Boasers get doubled every play. They still make sacks, okay? So Chase has got to get back to being Chase again. That would be my first look, and I'll have a lot more this week, you know, leading up to the game. You know, we're going to break this down from every angle. But that would be – you know, my first glance would be you get Chase to be Chase this week, and that that's going to put Trevor Lawrence in a tough spot.
1: They don't call him the bank for nothing? Another money performance on a Monday. We'll be back tomorrow with Dwayne Long. Have a good one, Buck Nutters.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.